Given what's going on in the news today, it will be a Trump heavy program, but we are going to start by talking about Joe Biden, the current president. But before I even get to that, I have to make a really important correction on the show. As as all of you know, uh, if you've been around the show for a while, I am not working with a teleprompter, Obama's teleprompter. No, uh, I, I am mostly working off of general notes when I talk. And the other day, speaking off the cuff about Bobby Kennedy Jr.'s presidential candidacy, I wrongly said I wrongly said that the Children's Defense Fund is the anti vaccine organization he started. It is not the correct organization that Bobby Kennedy started is the Children's Health Defense. Children's Defense Fund is in no way affiliated and is not an anti vaccine organization. I got that wrong. Um, and I want to correct that. I heard from Children's Defense Fund, and I'm glad to issue that correction today. Let's talk about President Joe Biden. We have such an unusual situation happening in the 2024 presidential race and particularly within the Republican primary that Joe Biden really needs to do only one thing to win in 2024, and that is to not screw up. David, screw up. That's not very precise language. What I mean specifically is that Joe Biden needs to avoid self inflicted errors, and he will have, I believe, a relatively clear path to reelection in 2024. Despite all of the criticisms I've had of Joe Biden, despite concerns among many about his age, if he can manage not to quote screw up, I believe that he is going to get reelected. Now, you might be thinking, David, that's very obvious that how does that count as any kind of political analysis at this point in time? Of course, he shouldn't mess up. But let me explain why this is so crucial in this particular situation. First of all, what about problems that aren't Joe Biden's doing without ignoring the human tragedy of crises? We know from looking at history that often major crisis events like 9-11 help the president in power to the extent that George W. Bush did not heed warnings about 9-11. Like we can talk about to what degree 9-11 could be blamed on Bush to some degree. That's not what I'm trying to do today. But the point is, after 9-11, the country rallied around Bush and he had a record high approval before invading the quote wrong country and squandering the approval. So Joe Biden doesn't have to worry from a political perspective about tragic events beyond his control. He should, of course, work to prevent any tragedy that that is preventable without a doubt. But we're speaking politically here. So then you get to the Republican Party. Biden doesn't have to be amazing to win in 2024. He has to be better than the alternatives. He has to be more stable than the alternatives, and the alternatives are as much of a mess as I have ever seen. The Republican Party is in disarray. There is no coherent vision. There is no coherent agenda. You have a party divided between do we want more Trump as the Magadonians or Magats do? Or do we realize that Trump has been a disaster in 2018 and 2020 and 2022 and we have to go a different way? Either way, you have a Republican Party that mostly exists publicly to oppose what Biden does and say it's all terrible and do anti woke culture war nonsense. Many still loyal to Donald Trump now under two indictments for classified documents federally. And then the hush money situation in New York, possibly more forthcoming indictments. And then he's running again. 
despite the fact that he is not particularly popular nationally, he is still extraordinarily popular as the cult leader that he has become among the MAGA people. He's actively trying to sabotage any potential rivals. And in the meantime, you actually have a pretty solid Republican candidate by the old standards of the party in Chris Christie, who is polling at last check. Uh, Chris Christie is polling. Uh, where is he? One point two percent. His big announcement last week got him from one percent to one point two percent. So Biden can win simply by not messing up. The economy has to be OK. And it is people have to believe that. But the economy has to be OK. And it is um, he has to be decent. He has to be uh, stable. And that's basically what we need from Biden in order to see him win. And if you look at recent highly rated general election polls, nationally, you see morning consult from a few days ago. You see Biden's leading DeSantis by three and Biden's leading Trump by two. These are not blowout numbers at this point in time, but it is really important to understand that what's going on in the Republican primary may dissuade turnout in a way that is not reflected in the polls. And the presence of Trump as the nominee, who seems like a shoe in at this point, although we'll see what happens. OK, I'm keeping an open mind at this point. Trump seems like a shoe in. If Trump is the nominee, there is an intangible group of people that will come out and say, I'm not that engaged in politics, but we can't have Trump back again. And that that is not reflected in the polls either. So my sense right now is that Joe Biden, if he doesn't get in his own way, has a relatively unobstructed path to reelection. Whether I love Joe Biden as a candidate is irrelevant. You all know that I would like to see a different candidate uh, if it was up to me. But I am also going to give you analysis that is based on what we have. And there is no indication. I mean, I, I don't want to be dark, but unless Joe Biden dies, He's going to be the Democratic nominee. I want debates. I want candidates. I would love the DNC to hold debates. They're not going to. It's not up to me. I can't do anything to change that. Uh, that is my sense of this race right now. And over the next 48 hours, we will see Donald Trump go to Miami, get arrested, booked, arraigned once again. He will then speak from Bedminster tomorrow night. We're going to cover all of it. And we are going to see how do the other Republican candidates react to that. How does Joe Biden react? I assume Joe Biden will continue saying absolutely nothing about it, which I like. I like that Biden is saying I don't have anything to do with this. Independent prosecutors and investigators are doing what they think they need to do based on the evidence. I like Biden staying out of it and governing. That is the starkest and most productive contrast that Joe Biden can provide at this point in time. Don't screw up. Could always say that that's what they need to do, but it is so uh, particularly important right now. Let me know your thoughts. Let me know if you agree with this assessment. Donald Trump is getting indicted on 37 counts and he is facing a hypothetical 536 years in prison and some of his lawyers have quit. I am now going to catch you up on what is going on uh, with Donald Trump. We had some of the information last week. We now have more Trump charged with 37 counts in classified documents case indictment says. Among other allegations, the indictment says Trump showed classified documents to other people in the summer of 2021 after leaving office. The indictment was made public a day after the grand jury charged Trump. Two of Trump's lawyers resigned from representing him in the classified documents case 
and in another pending federal criminal investigation into his efforts to overturn the loss in 2020. Mediaite reporting Trump maximum sentences add up to a staggering 536 years in prison for all counts. I tell you this not to trick you into thinking Trump might end up spending this much time in prison or any time in prison at all. I still believe the most likely outcome at greater than 50% odds is that Trump will spend no time in prison. I tell you this to tell you the severity of the totality of what Donald Trump has been charged with. So I want to talk about a few different things here. I'm not going to do a deep dive legal analysis because I'm not a lawyer. And there are many lawyers who can do the deep dive legal analysis. I'm going to give you an analysis of the politics that is surrounding what is going on here. Number one, there are so many of you who have written to me and have said, David, sir, some less politely, but many of you uh, referring to me as sir, saying um, this is it, right? The Trumpists now are going to abandon Trump. And the answer is absolutely not. Luke, Luke, the bees knees Beasley is going to be on the ground for us tomorrow in Miami interviewing Trump supporters. And you are going to see not only are they not abandoning Trump, they are flocking to his defense. The one remaining analysis that is valid for what we are now seeing, the defenses of Trump from the MAGA cultists, is the cult analysis. Three books which I recommended on my live stream over the weekend, if you want to understand what is going on with Trumpists, are three books by the great nonfiction author Jeff Gwynn. Jeff Gwynn wrote a book about Charles Manson the leader of the family uh, who died in prison some years ago. Uh, he wrote a Jeff Gwynn wrote a book about Jim Jones, the cult leader of the People's Temple. The, that was the murder suicide involving the quote Kool-Aid that so many people have heard of. And then David Koresh of the Branch Davidians in Waco. His most recent book is about that. It is impossible, as I recently read Waco and have previously read the other books, it is impossible to read those books and not see Trumpism in the descriptions of the cultists and the cult loyalty that we see or we saw to Koresh Jones and Manson. That is the most important analysis as far as what we are seeing from the Trump supporters. So then let's continue. Um, You are going to hear defenses of Trump from cultists, but also from Republican uh, hacks who do this for a living. You are going to hear all sorts of claims about how this isn't really that serious and there's really nothing here. And what about Hillary and what about Hunter, et cetera? The brazen nature of that which Trump is accused of credibly, we see evidence in the indictment, Trump not cooperating on the classified documents, moving documents around seemingly to evade law enforcement, spending months refusing to turn documents over. We found that the surveillance room uh, was flooded by a -a Mar-a-Lago employee when they drained a pool into the surveillance room, although they say that was not deliberate, but it is extraordinarily suspicious. Retention of classified documents, showing people classified documents who don't have proper security clearances. Trump has lied about every aspect of this. He said, oh, I uh, declassified everything telepathically or whatever. But there are recordings of Trump saying I can't show you these documents because they're classified, meaning he knew that he didn't actually declassify them. So there are many charges uh, under the espionage, et cetera, and we will leave it to the legal experts to give you the bottom line on that. You can make the argument and I would defend the argument that we have a problem in the United States with overclassification of documents. We've talked about it before. That's not an argument I'm afraid of. 
But we are talking about very serious stuff right here. Documents related to military capabilities, weapons capabilities about the US and other countries. If Obama had done this, they would be saying it's treason and it should be the death penalty. Do not be confused for even a moment. We don't know what Trump's motive was. We just don't know at this time. Why was he keeping these documents? One of the things we do know based on the pictures that have been released is that Donald Trump was keeping these documents in boxes in his bathroom. By the way, the bath is I've told you before, money can't buy class. Um, Trump's bathroom for a rich guy is just it's all it's all crazy. OK, it's it, every detail of this is insane. But he had documents in the bathroom. He had documents in his bedroom. It's all completely whacked. Another defense that you're hearing is that these are technical crimes, process crimes. Trump hasn't been given due process. But the very same people saying that were demanding Hillary Clinton be jailed absent any evidence of criminality, absent an indictment, absent an adjudication, a conviction and a sentencing. They were saying just do not pass go, do not collect $200, go straight to prison. The very same people saying I'm for law and order were saying that or said lock up Joe Biden or whatever. And you've got pictures of Trump's bathroom stuffed with boxes. We have recorded conversations. They want Hunter Biden jailed. And yet we have nothing on Hunter Biden that is even close to what this indictment reveals they have on Trump. So you're going to see those people uh, and those very same people making these defenses might show up tomorrow to riot outside the Miami courthouse. I hope that that doesn't happen. But Trump and others have been uh, inside. You know, I guess there's really no other word other than they've been inciting individuals to go to Miami tomorrow. We saw. Mark Levin's delusional rant on Fox News saying how how dare they indignant how dare how dare they do this to Trump. And it's really important to remember that not only are these serious charges and not only do they seem to have Trump dead to rights, pictures, audio recordings, all of it. One of the other important things to think about when it comes to this situation uh, is that this actually shows us we might have accountability in a justice system that does have two tiers. The two tiers aren't Democrats and Republicans. Republicans are now saying this. It's a two tier justice system where if you're a Trump supporter, there's different rules. No, the two tier justice system we've had in this country for a long time is everybody else. And then the wealthy and the elite who get the best, most expensive lawyers, they uh, uh, don't have pretrial detention either because it's not assigned or because they can bail out or whatever that the two tier justice system has been that. And what we are to take away from Trump getting indicted is that no one is above the law. Trump and others keep saying if they can do this to me, they're going to do it to you. They're already doing it to the proverbial you. We know that the question was, can even someone in a position like president be held accountable? And at least as far as the indictment goes, the answer might be yes. We're going to talk about Judge Eileen Cannon after the break, and that's going to concern us in, in some ways. Last thing, and I talked about this on my stream, you might be wondering, am I going to demand Trump's imprisonment for life or something? You, you might notice that in, in this story so far, I haven't said Trump should be in prison or Trump should be in prison for X, Y or Z amount of time because that's not due process. All I want is due process. OK, we had enough evidence to go to a grand jury. The grand jury said that said there is enough evidence to indict. So we've gotten an indictment. So I'm not around here saying, oh, imprison Trump for life. What I want is now that there has been an indictment, let's adjudicate it. 
And depending on its adjudication, either via a plea deal or a guilty plea, a guilty verdict rather, then we can figure out what would be appropriate sentencing. And then let's talk about a sentence. I actually support law and order. I actually support due process. I'm not going around demanding people be imprisoned because I don't like their politics. I don't like Trump's politics. But what I want is the same thing that I want for Hunter Biden, if you believe he committed crimes for Hillary Clinton or whatever the case may be. Later in the program, we will talk about the difference between the Trump classified documents indictment and what they wanted Hillary locked up for. And if you come with an open mind, I can only imagine you will come away realizing there is almost no comparison between the two. Make sure you're subscribed to the YouTube channel at youtube.com slash the David Pakman show. It is a massive program today, long and wide that I can assure you. One of our sponsors is Ounce of Hope, offering high quality THC cannabis products shipped right to your door anywhere in the U.S., 100 percent federally legal, giving my listeners 20 percent off. Ounce of Hope is an aquaponic cannabis company, which means that their process is sustainably raising fish using the nutrient rich water from the fish habitat, meaning the fish poop to feed to the cannabis plants as fertilizer, organic and symbiotic. They donate the fish to local homeless shelters. They donate their excess fish fertilizer to small farms and gardens in their community. So there are many things to love about Ounce of Hope. But what they have for you is just a great variety of cannabis edibles, topicals, oils and more. They have CBD. They have products with Delta eight and Delta nine THC. Their psychoactive THC products do have the effect associated with marijuana, but it's federally legal because it's made from hemp so they can ship it to you anywhere in the United States. Unlike other companies that sell Delta eight and Delta nine THC products, ounce of hopes process is all done in house. So, you know, the products arriving at your door are safe and high quality. Ounce of hope is giving David Pakman show listeners 20 percent off everything they offer when you go to ounceofhope.com and use the code Pacman. That's O U N C E of hope.com. Code Pacman for 20 percent off. The info is in the podcast notes. One of our sponsors today is BetterHelp. Uh, viewers of the show, listeners know I'm a big advocate of therapy. Uh, I think it's important to make it more accessible, remove any stigma that might be associated. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. And therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest, figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. BetterHelp is therapy done entirely online designed to be convenient, flexible, suited to your schedule. Fill out a brief questionnaire. You'll be matched with a licensed therapist. Switch therapists anytime at no additional charge. I'm a huge believer in talk therapy and BetterHelp is making it more accessible to more people. You can even find a therapist who specializes in certain areas, which maybe you can't find where you are geographically. There are lots of great benefits to doing therapy online. Get it off your chest. Visit BetterHelp. Go to BetterHelp.com slash Pacman Show today to get 10% off your first month. That's Better, H-E-L-P.com slash Pacman Show. The link is in the podcast notes. 
One of our sponsors is Yada, the free banking app that makes it fun to save money. Just like a regular bank account, you can withdraw your money anytime and it's fully FDIC insured. When you keep your money in a Yada bank account, you'll have a shot at winning nightly cash prizes ranging from two cents to a million dollars. For every twenty five dollars in your account, you get one recurring ticket to the nightly prize drawing. So if you deposit one hundred dollars, you get four tickets every single night without needing to make any more deposits. Yada also offers some great budgeting features, the possibility of early paydays, a debit card that rewards you with up to one hundred percent cash back and tickets on every purchase. Yada members have already won over fifteen million dollars. So say goodbye to the traditional savings account with the minimal interest rate. Freakonomics have described prize linked savings accounts like a no lose lottery. Download the app now. Start saving for a chance to win big with Yada, the app where savings meets excitement. Go to withyada.com slash Pacman. That's with y o t t a dot com slash Pacman. The link is in the podcast notes. So many of you wrote to me over the weekend and said, David, can it be? Can it really be that a Trump appointed judge is going to be involved in overseeing Trump's own indictment? Tell me it's not going to happen because that seems so biased and disastrous. Well, it is part of the story, and I want to talk about it with you today. The New York Times reports a Trump appointed judge who showed him favor gets the documents case. A surprise assignment of Judge Eileen Cannon could be a setback for prosecutors as they unveiled a sweeping classified files indictment. Uh, Judge Cannon, 42, a Trump appointee, shocked legal experts across ideological lines last year by intervening in the investigation and issuing rulings favorable to Mr. Trump only to be rebuked by a conservative appeals court. The chief clerk of the courts in Florida Southern District has said that the that new cases there are randomly delegated to its judges, even if they are related to previous ones. It was not immediately clear whether Mr. Trump lucked out or if an exception was made. Either way, legal specialists said Judge Cannon's return was significant, was significant. For those asking the question, Slate has a very good piece by Mark Joseph Stern. Judge Eileen Cannon can absolutely sink the federal prosecution of Trump. And this uh, reads the federal criminal case against Donald Trump for mishandling classified documents will be overseen at least initially by Judge Eileen Cannon. This is excellent news for Trump and exceedingly bad news for special counsel Jack Smith. Cannon's total lack of discipline combined with her evident incapacity to experience shame, renders her a uniquely favorable jurist for the former president. Indeed, if she maintains her grasp on this case, it is nearly impossible to envision Smith securing a conviction in her courtroom. This is, of course, the opinion, the opinion of Mark Joseph Stern. This command marked the first time in history in the history of the Republic that her federal judge had claimed the power to stop a pre indictment criminal investigation into a suspect. Cannon's previous overreach provoked genuine shock in legal circles and fear in the intelligence community as it effectively blocked officials from assessing 
the seized documents for national security risks. But Cannon wasn't finished. She agreed to Trump's request for a special master and appointed Raymond Deary, a well-respected federal judge. After Deary tried to bring some discipline to the case, Cannon immediately ran interference for Trump, overruling an order that would have required the former president to either disavow or stand by previous claims that FBI agents were planted at Mar-a-Lago. And this goes on and on and on. And Mark Joseph Stern then gets to the critical part. Imagine that Cannon does preside over this case. She has infinite tools at her disposal to thwart the prosecution at nearly every turn. Big swings like tossing out the whole case, very real possibility in her courtroom of chaos can be appealed and overturned. But at every step, there are opportunities for sabotage. Cannon can try to rig Vore Dyer to help the defense stack the jury with Trump supporters. She can exclude evidence and testimony that's especially damning to Trump. She can disqualify witnesses who are favorable to the prosecution. She can sustain the defense's frivolous objections and overrule the prosecution's meritorious ones. She can direct a verdict of acquittal to render the jury superfluous. She can declare a mistrial prematurely for any number of reasons. Okay, I think you get it. So the backstop here and a couple of lawyers wrote to me and said, you know, David, everything that's being written about what Eileen Cannon can do. Is true. It's not wrong, but it ignores that there are checks and balances from other judges that the prosecution could recur to if necessary. And it is not as scary as some of these articles are making it out to be. It's still scary, but just not quite as scary as some articles are making it out to be. We're going to be following the Eileen Cannon sort of narrative and story because it is actually a potentially huge part of this prosecution. Uh, Maybe tomorrow, probably more after the arraignment on Wednesday, we will get back to this. Donald Trump did not stay home over the weekend, and he gave what I can remember as the most deflated low energy speech of his political career. Donald Trump actually gave two speeches over the weekend. He went to Georgia and spoke to the Republican convention there, and then he flew to North Carolina and spoke to the Republican convention there. I have never seen Trump like this before, completely deflated. Um, I'm just going to play some clips for you. These are only from his North Carolina speech um, the the Georgia speech was less remarkable in, in a sense. So we will just give you a sense of what was discussed. And even the crowd, like not really big other than when Trump said anti transgender stuff, which we will get to here is Donald Trump just sort of ranting about how he went to UPenn and saying, look, they indicted me. They indicted me. They're thinking I was a very good student at the Wharton School of Finance. Can you imagine? I wonder if they're proud of me. I got indicted. I wonder if they're saying, oh, that's wonderful. (laughs) I've been indicted twice now in a couple of months. You know, when I was studying and when I was uh, a very, very successful businessman, then I did The Apprentice and I did lots of books that were big, 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 big sellers. Yeah. Even now I have books that are tremendous sellers. I never had, I never had this stuff in mind. I never had the word indictment. What's indictment mean? Sure, (laughs) that's when you're extremely dishonest, sir. So as you can see, blabbering and blathering aimlessly. And it only got worse. Trump talking about Ron DeSantis criticizing him. And I guess the crowd sort of like this. I don't know if I weren't leading. 
we wouldn't be talking about it. But we're leading by a lot. We're leading to sanctimonious by massive numbers. He's, he's heading south quickly. No personality. You've got to have a personality to win. He's got no personality. Yeah. And, you know, remember... I mean, he, he, even Trump's heart doesn't really seem in this ridiculous speech. And I'll tell you, if I was under the indictments that Trump is under, I wouldn't be able to go out there and give nice speeches and be upbeat. I like I actually get it. I actually get it. But this is important in order to understand that the things Trump's saying about, oh, this is going nowhere and there's nothing here. This is very serious stuff. Uh, and, and Donald Trump knows it on some level. Trump saying that now it's actually hard to say DeSantis because he's gotten so used to using the nicknames for DeSantis. That means we're leading Ron DeSanctimonious by 56, 69 percent for Trump, 13 percent for DeSantis <laughs> and Pence has six. You know, once you get used to saying DeSantis, it's hard to say DeSantis. I was actually being interviewed. And I was trying to be serious and I called him DeSantis. I said, that's not good. But he's changing his name. You know, now it's DeSantis. And I put a little message out. Never change your name in the middle of a campaign. <laughs> I have to admit that actually is funny. It seems one of the stupidest things you can do if you're trying to get name recognition is pronounce your name two different ways. DeSantis and DeSantis. Trump Trump actually in the midst of all the legal chaos, able to put together a little kernel of good political advice. Donald Trump then seemingly unable to stop talking about massive dumps. I know, guys, it's it's hard to believe he's at it again with the dumps. But we can stop him cold and we will. And we would have had him stop cold. And they know that. And they cheated like dogs. They cheated like nobody's ever cheated. Before. Like a dog. For you turn on your television at 10 o'clock, you would have said Pennsylvania's a lock. We were up by so much a lock. All of a sudden you see that big fat dump, <laughs> that big dump at 302 or whatever it was in the morning. It's a disgrace what happened. Oh, uh, beautifully put. Right. I mean, truly a wordsmith. Uh, <laughs> it's it's beyond parody. Trump then talking about how there is a taint in New England. It's a, it's a taint. Such a big, big business, such a powerful business and such an important business. New England has a liberal tint, but we're taint. I would say taint is a better word, actually. Right. but it it's uh, a little bit on the liberal side, they say such a big, big business, such a powerful business and such an important business. Yeah. Uh, OK, Trump talking about the CNN town hall. And this was building to the highest energy moment of the night, which, of course, was an anti trans moment. Like it's almost like you're not going to get the crowd riled up about tax policy. You're not going to get the, the crowd riled up about getting people health care or dealing with the environment. You're going to get people riled up with anti trans stuff. But in the midst of that, Trump commenting on the CNN town hall, New England. Sorry, what? This is the wrong clip. Here is the correct clip. Did you see the town hall with CNN? They got one of the highest ratings they've had in like 11 years, and they end up firing the guy because it was Trump. Right. Said they should celebrate. We had our highest ratings. You're supposed to get paid for high ratings, Richard. But they had one of the highest ratings they've had in many, many years. I was on with a young woman who was, I said, nasty. She was a very nasty woman. 
But it worked out very well, and they were all going, he owns you, he owns you, get him off the air. They're screaming, AOC is screaming, he owns you, get him off the air, stop it, stop it. <laughs> but you'd think if they had high ratings, that would be a big, uh, he should ask for an increase. Instead, they fired him because I was allowed to put across our point of view. It's our There you go. And now you can see a guy using his smartphone to film Trump's entire speech. Just it's all so depressing. Here's the highest energy moment, and this won't surprise you. Trump's highest energy moment was when he talked about anti-trans stuff and he even acknowledges, wow, people really like hearing this nonsense. In critical race theory, transgender insanity and other inappropriate racial, sexual or political content on our children. Standing ovation there. It's amazing how strongly people feel about that. You see, I'm talking about cutting taxes. People go like that. Talking about talk about transgender. Everyone goes crazy. Who that is incredible. Who would have thought five years ago you didn't know what the hell it was? That is an unbelievable statement. Trump is really summarizing in that statement the absurdity of his own movement. They don't care about actual policy. They care about trans culture war, anti woke nonsense. This is a revelation about what is animating the right today. Trump says, I talk about taxes, people barely clap. I talk about the trans stuff and people go absolutely crazy. This is the monster they built. And the question now is whether this is a monster that can get them a president in the Oval Office. I hope and to some degree believe that the answer is no. All of these clips will be available on all of our various platforms, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, etc. Make sure you're following us wherever you like to consume your video content. We're going to take a quick break and then continue our coverage of this completely absurd farcical weekend in American politics. If you've been getting crushed in the markets lately, like many people have, you were probably happy to hear that Treasury yields have been surging right now. You can get a five percent yield on Treasury bills, which is higher than most high yield savings accounts I've seen. And unlike a high yield savings account, Treasury bills are a fixed rate asset. So you know what you're getting at the time of purchase. But buying U.S. Treasuries can be very complicated, or at least it was because our sponsor public.com lets you buy treasury bills in seconds right from your phone and put your cash to work. Keep in mind that treasury bills are government backed securities considered one of the safest investments around. When you buy them on public, they are securely stored at the bank of New York Mellon, the world's largest custodian bank and security services company. Plus, there are no minimum hold periods or settlement delays. You can access funds anytime. If you keep it invested, public will automatically roll over your investments at maturity. So you have one thing you don't have to think about. Go to public.com slash Pacman to start getting that 5% yield on your cash. That's public.com slash Pacman. The link is in the podcast notes. People often ask me about my daily routine. You know, I'm interviewed about the David Pacman show. How did you do it? How do you do this? And like daily routine just often comes up. And how do you stay healthy? And of course, I talk about exercise and I talk about 
eating the right diet. But one of the things that can happen if you are not eating the right diet or you're traveling or life gets in the way is you end up with some kind of vitamin deficiency. A daily scoop of AG one from our sponsor Athletic Greens makes this super easy to take off of your list of things to worry about. One scoop of AG one, you get the entire day's worth of 75 high quality vitamins and minerals from whole food sourced ingredients. AG one is cheaper than dealing with a bunch of different supplements. It's infinitely more convenient. You just take a scoop before you have your coffee, for example, as I do in the morning and you're covered for the entire day. Many of my friends love AG one. Anyone I mention it to seems to get hooked. When I go on vacation, I bring the AG one travel packs with me, especially because I'm not always eating the same diet when I'm traveling that I do at home. Staying properly nourished. So important to feeling your best. AG one just makes it really easy and very convenient. Go to athleticgreens.com slash Pacman to get a free year supply of vitamin D. I've talked about vitamin D so many times, plus five free AG one travel packs. That's athleticgreens.com slash Pacman for a year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs. The link is in the podcast notes. Okay, let's look at a couple of other things from over the weekend Uh, after or before or in the middle of Donald Trump's various speeches to the Georgia Republican Convention and the North Carolina Republican Convention. He went to restaurants at one point. He went to a waffle restaurant and I understand these sort of photo op things. DeSantis did it in a New Hampshire diner. This is sort of like what you do in American politics. Trump does it in the weirdest way where he walks into a waffle spot in Georgia and starts yelling that we did nothing wrong. (laughs) And I usually when you go to the restaurants and you do this stuff, you just maybe order some waffles or something. Look at the cringeworthy nature of what he'll go in and just rant to waffle employees about I did nothing wrong. It's the strangest stuff. Look at this. Nothing wrong whatsoever. We did absolutely nothing wrong. Take a look at the Presidential Records Act. <laughs> we did it by the book. Perfect. Except we have thugs and creeps running this country. Right. And it's a real problem for our country. Yes. But we're going to straighten it away. We're going to win the election big. And we're going to clean up the mess. And we're going to clean up the cancer. Because that's what we have. <laughs> a very strong... Somebody in the back is like, uh, does this mean it's going to take a while to get my maple syrup? Um, what a strange I mean, there's a level of pomposity with just going through a place where people are having breakfast and starting to rant and rave about you did nothing wrong. I did nothing wrong. Here's another video. And again, I don't know if this is all the same restaurant. It seems he may have gone to different restaurants in this one. It sounds like someone was trying to pray for Trump. This is serious cult stuff. Very, very serious cult stuff. And I don't know how the people in the restaurant are embarrassed for each other at the end of the day. Only president ever. Oh my goodness. So in this one, there's a crowd around Trump, a woman on either standing on a table or piggyback yells something about this is the only my only president. And then Trump says the country is going to hell. It seems almost like a place you would you would sooner guess that this was a bar full of drunk people at 1 a.m. rather than a Waffle House 
or waffle restaurant um, with a with a failed former president, then this is maybe the most telling Trumpian moment. A woman comes up to Trump to talk to Trump about Sergeant Major Pat Payne. Sergeant Major Pat Payne is someone that Trump awarded a Medal of Honor to in 2020 because Pat Payne was involved in freeing 75 ISIS held hostages. Okay, that's a fine, totally reasonable thing. Trump seems visibly confused and asks asks if Pat Payne died from war injuries. It's like, no, dude, after he came back from releasing the 75 hostages, you gave him the Medal of Honor. And Trump seems so confused that he ends up asking if the woman could maybe draw Trump with muscles. It's it's beyond parody. I am a Medal of Honor portrait artist. Um, This is Sergeant Major Pat Payne, who you awarded the Medal of Honor. And uh, this is actually his signature. You can tell from Trump's nodding that he has not even the slightest recollection of this. You think I could look like that if you did me? Absolutely. Giving that perfect jaw. Absolutely. All those muscles and everything else. Absolutely. No, he's actually currently still alive. Did he pass away? No, 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 he's alive. Uh, He is currently active duty. He's about, um, I think he's in his in his (laughs) forties. He's still maxing out his. Is he injured or anything? Um, No, sir. No, he. You you understand what's happening, right? Trump has quite literally no idea who she's talking about, who's who the picture is of, no memory injured. He's acting like this is some old war veteran or someone killed the freed 75 hostages. And then you gave him the Medal of Honor. That's unusual. Yeah, the Medal of Honor guys usually are pretty rough shape, right? Beautiful job. Thank you, you so much. Trump seemingly confusing the Purple Heart with the Medal of Honor. I mean, I don't know. Thank you. I want to look like that guy. <laughs> so Trump wants the muscles of but completely. I, I know this is a Kafka esque moment. I'm sorry, folks. I have to say it is a Kafka esque moment. And then lastly, um, here again, just people screaming and it's all it's all a big to do. How are you? Uh, look, we have the fake news media. Everything good? I like the hat. You did a good job before with the pictures. Thank you very much. Thank you, everybody, for coming. It's a nice crowd. I love you, Donald. Oh, 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 I love you, Donald. Okay, the waffles are good and Trump's going to try one. So uh, almost worse than the Ron DeSantis diner visit in New Hampshire a couple of weeks ago. Trump twice indicted in the midst of low energy, confused speeches where he tells corrosive lies and says things that are untrue, uh, showing up at a waffle restaurant and making a complete and total fool of himself. All right. Now, with that out of the way, let's get to something serious. Uh, William Barr was Donald Trump's attorney general. And William Barr, I do not consider a friend of the progressive movement. William Barr is not someone I would even remotely consider for attorney general. But William Barr does have some legal expertise. There is no question about that. And William Barr went on Fox News Sunday and said that if half of the new federal indictment, federal indictment against Trump is true, Trump is toast. This is super interesting stuff. It wildly triggered Donald Trump. Let's listen to what Barr had to say. And he's making a lot of sense here. Um, What about this this chief argument that comes up for the president's allies and his legal team that this should have been handled under the Presidential Records Act, not this uh, Espionage Act charge and other federal statutes that were used here? Well, it started out under the Presidential Records Act and and the archives trying to 
retrieve documents that Trump had no right to have. But it quickly became clear that what the government was really worried about were these classified and very sensitive documents. I was shocked by the degree of sensitivity of these documents and how many there were, frankly. Yeah. And uh, so the government's agenda was to get those, uh, protect those documents and get them out. And I think it was perfectly appropriate to do that. It was the right thing to do. Uh, and I think the counts under the Espionage Act uh, that he willfully retained those documents are solid counts. Now, I, I do think we have to wait and see what the defense uh, says and, and, and what proves to be true. But I do think that even half what Andy McCarthy said, which is if even half of it is true, then he's toast. I mean, it's a it's a pretty it's a very detailed indictment uh, and it's very, very damning. OK, that is an extraordinary statement. And it also sort of uh, uh, deals with one of the claims that so-called legal experts like Mark Levin are making, which is that this stuff isn't even really related to the criminal world of law, that this is all just presidential records act subject to that. And William Barr says, sure, initially it was subject to that. But between based on the evidence in the indictment, which includes alleged obstruction and it includes all of these other things that Trump is accused of doing, it becomes criminal. And that's that's it. It's sure you, you can say until you're you're blue in the face. This is presidential record stuff. It went criminal when Trump covered it up, tried to keep the documents, potentially tried to destroy documents, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and that is absolutely very, very serious stuff. Then we go to Fox News's favorite legal commentator, Jonathan Turley. Jonathan Turley has been defending Trump reflexively for years now on so many different issues. Even Jonathan Turley says this is a very damning indictment. Listen to this. President goes on to say, well, what if we what happens if we just don't respond at all? to the subpoena, I guess, or don't play ball with them. The president goes on to say, wouldn't it be better if we just told them we don't have anything here? Well, look, isn't it better if there are no documents? Uh, you know, they, they've got these conversations that were memorialized by the president's attorneys. There's also this recording of him where he talks about this plan that's believed an attack plan against Iran. I mean, they've got a lot of information in this, Jonathan. No, it is an extremely damning indictment. Uh, you know, there are indictments that are sometimes called narrative or speaking indictments. These are indictments uh, that are really meant to uh, make a point as to the depth of the evidence. There are some indictments that are just bare bones. This is not. Uh, the special counsel uh, knew that there would be a lot of people who were going to allege uh, that the Department of Justice was acting in a biased or, or politically motivated way. This is clearly an indictment uh, that was drafted to answer those questions. It's overwhelming in details. And, you know, the Trump team should not fool itself. These are hits below the waterline. Uh, these are witnesses who apparently testified under oath, gave statements to federal investigators, both of which can be criminally charged if they're false. Those witnesses are directly quoting the president uh, in, in encouraging others not to look for documents or allegedly uh, to conceal them. Uh, it's damaging. And the key here to keep in mind is that every case I've ever been involved with, the indictment was a heart stopper. 
You know, these are written by lawyers who are trying to convict the client. Every indictment I've ever dealt with has fallen apart to some degree once we look more carefully at what the evidence uh, may be. But this is, is not a, a, an indictment that you can dismiss. All right. So there is Jonathan Turley, even with his hemming, hemming and hawing, saying this is very serious stuff. Back to William Barr, William Barr putting the blame for all of this squarely on Trump. And that's where it should be. So now we can't forget here that this entire thing came about because of reckless conduct uh, of the president. If he had just turned over the documents, which I think every other person in the country would have done, they're the government's documents, they're official records, they're not his personal records. Battle plans for an attack on another country or, or, or Defense Department documents about our capabilities are in no universe Donald J. Trump's personal documents. And then lastly, from William Barr, Trump's claims that other presidents did the same thing. Barr debunks it. Good for him. To his credit, he is undoing every single one of these Trump arguments. The sock drawer case with President Clinton. Yes. They'll point okay. to these and say, listen, so there, there, were there are other two documents. big lies, I think, that are out there right now. One is, oh, these other presidents took all these documents. Those were situations where they arranged with the archives to set up special space under the management control and security provided by the archivist to temporarily put documents until the libraries were ready. These were not people just putting them in their basement. Okay, and the second thing that the president, this idea that 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 uh, the president has complete authority to declare any document personal is is obvious. It's facially ridiculous. That opinion had to do with the distinction between official records, which are records prepared by government agencies for the purpose of government action and personal documents as opposed to official documents, which are things prepared by the president, such as a diary or notes, which are not used in the government's uh, deliberations. And yes, as to the second class, stuff that the president himself generates, the president has some discretion. But these are official documents. It's inarguable. Yeah. Listen, um, William Barr, You don't have to like him to recognize that he is on much stronger legal footing here than a random Fox News commentator indignantly saying there is nothing here. William Barr is right. And that's why it's so triggered Donald Trump when he said this. Let's talk about that briefly next. Donald Trump exploded on his own former attorney general, William Barr, calling him a gutless pig because William Barr gave a sober and sensible legal analysis, which indicated the indictment against Trump is very serious. Trump's early arguments about how other presidents did the same thing aren't very good and that Trump is toast if even half of the indictment is accurate. In response, Donald Trump losing his mind on troth central posting, quote, virtually everyone is saying that the capital I indictment is about election interference and should not have been brought except Bill Barr, a disgruntled former employee and lazy attorney general who was weak and totally ineffective. He doesn't mean what he's saying. It's just misinformation. Barr's doing it because he hates Trump for firing him. He was deathly afraid of the radical left when they said they would impeach him. He knows the indictment is bull. Turn off Fox News when that gutless pig is on. And again, when you listen 
to what William Barr says. And then you see that Trump rebuts none of the actual legal claims and Trump is not a lawyer and Trump has no idea what's being said in this particular case. Doesn't mean you have to like either of them. I believe William Bart William Barr's analysis comes much closer to getting to the heart of this indictment than does Trump's, which is it was election interference and I did nothing wrong. After the break, we will look at Lindsey Graham subjected to just very light questioning about these issues. Wild, wild stuff. Quick break and back with that. One of our sponsors today is Bon Charge. I have always enjoyed dry saunas. You get in there, your heart rate is up, dilates the blood vessels, can soothe achy joints and muscles. It's relaxing. It's just a great way to remove a little stress. Bon Charge is the creator of the infrared sauna blanket, which you can enjoy from home. Super easy to set up heats up fast. You don't have to have your head inside like at a traditional sauna at the gym. Nice for meditating or reading, getting work done, relaxing. I have found it to be a great way to unwind at the end of a long day. Easy to clean, sleek, lightweight design, easy to store and comes with a 12 month warranty. And of course, if you don't love it, returns are super easy. But I think you will love it. And you'll get 15% off when you go to bondcharge.com slash Pacman and use the code Pacman. That's B O N C H A R G E dot com slash Pacman. Use code Pacman for 15% off. The link is in the podcast notes. Here is the perfect Father's Day gift get him a Wi Fi connected digital picture frame from Aura. Our sponsor Aura has been named the number one best digital picture frame by Wirecutter, the strategist and Wired. This is not one of these early 2000s picture frames. There's no USB or SD cards and you get free unlimited storage and you can instantly frame photos and videos from any device anywhere in the world. I have several of these. I got my dad one. And so now I take pictures of the baby load them into his aura frame and they show up and everybody loves it. You know, it's no more of these having to bring a slideshow when I visit. I just put the pictures right in the frame. I'm really glad I got him one of these. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Father's Day. Go to AuraFrames.com slash Pacman. Use the code Pacman to get $30 off plus free shipping. This deal ends June 18. So don't wait. Terms and conditions apply. That's a u r a frames dot com slash Pacman. Use code Pacman for thirty dollars off. The info is in the podcast notes. Republican Senator Lindsey Graham has occasionally been one of the strongest and most unhinged defenders of President Donald Trump in the past. Sometimes screaming, sometimes crying and becoming indignant. Sometimes saying you've just got to send Trump money and maybe me as well. Well, Lindsey Graham appeared yesterday on ABC's This Week with George Stephanopoulos, and it is an absolute delight to see, but also disturbing because we know many of the MAGA people are going to buy these arguments. On multiple occasions, George Stephanopoulos attempted to get Lindsey Graham to answer really simple questions about Trump. And uh, Lindsey Graham went all but her emails, quite literally talking about Hillary Clinton. Let's look at the first clip. Here is a very simple question. Do you stand by Trump did nothing wrong? 
Donald Trump has said repeatedly, repeatedly that he did nothing wrong. Do you believe yeah. that? Well, here's what I believe. We live in an America where if you're the Democratic candidate for president, Hillary Clinton, Secretary of State, you can set up a private server in your basement to conduct government business. And when an Senator, investigation is had about your activity, <laughs> no, <laughs> let me finish. Oh, but you this didn't answer the question. That was ridiculous. Well, yeah, I, I'm trying to answer the question from a Republican point of view. That may <laughs> not be acceptable on this show. Well, it's not an answer, right? Do you stand? Do you agree Trump did nothing wrong? Hillary Clinton, Hillary Clinton, Hillary Clinton. Wait, I'd like you to answer the. I am answering the question from a Republican point of view. Whoa. Okay. Okay. Uh, George Stephanopoulos tried again and said there are audio recordings here. There are audio recordings. And Lindsay figures out a way again to talk about Hillary Clinton. There is an audio tape of Donald Trump saying he knows this is secret information. He knows he's sharing with other people. How is that okay? It's, I'm not saying it's okay. I'm not saying it's okay to take a hammer to a, a Blackberry. I don't think, I think none of this is okay. <laughs> so then referring again to Hillary Clinton, uh, you know, acid washing hard drives and taking hammers to Blackberries or whatever it was she was accused of. So a couple different things here. First of all, it is not a defense. I'm going to deal with the Hillary Clinton allegation specifically, even though I know it's like we're a decade late on the whole thing and he's still talking about it. But give me a moment to lay this all out. It is not a defense to say. Because other prosecutors in other matters at other times made different charging decisions after other investigations related to other possible charges. That has nothing to do with Trump. And it's sort of like if I was arrested for whatever, right? If I was if I was arrested for attempted murder and then I say someone else 10 years ago in a different state was investigated under different circumstances for attempted murder and they weren't charged. That doesn't mean anything. That's not any. It's not actually a defense. Second part of this. Hillary Clinton was accused of being extremely careless in her handling of classified information. She was not accused of intentionally disclosing information. There is no evidence she lied to investigators. She cooperated and handed over tens of thousands of emails, et cetera, et cetera. Trump is accused of willfully risking national security secrets and conspiring with lawyers and others to conceal documents and make false statements. He did not cooperate with the investigation. He hid the documents for months at his house in boxes near his toilet. Hillary Clinton was cleared twice by the FBI of criminal charges. So the situations aren't actually analogous, but it doesn't matter to people like Lindsey Graham. This uh, next segment is going to be the totality of my coverage of the Turning Point USA Women's Summit. Many of you sent me clips from this summit, Lauren Boebert and others speaking. It was a totally insane event. Turning Point USA is this on campus right wing organization. They did an event over the weekend, which was specifically for uh, young right wing women, I guess. I'm just going to look at one piece of it with you so we can say we looked at the sort of stuff that was going on there. I'm going to play a clip for you where a woman in the audience tells a story about trans people in the bathroom with her. And then Marjorie Taylor Greene goes transphobic and says, listen, trans people in bathrooms, they're in there to have sex with you. That's why they're there. 
Last year, I got my modesty and dignity taken away from me when I found out that my school had put multiple biological males in my locker room and right. bathrooms, some of which will just sit there and watch me and the other girls change. When OK, that's already not OK. If they're, they, they love to pretend, they love to pretend that this is all about trans people. Anybody who just hangs out in a locker room or a bathroom checking people out can be reported. It doesn't matter what their gender identity is. Either way, the behavior isn't allowed, which immediately makes me skeptical about this story. We're just trying to dress in peace and be able to go to our PE classes. Um, me and my dad uh, made quite a fuss last year at my school and in my community, and I have spoken in front of my uh, very woke school board many times. However, nothing seems to happen even though they are violated thousands of girls every day. Do you have any advice for me as a 16 year old trying to change the mind of adults and make a difference? Wow. First of all, thank you for your courage, right? Because yep. Thank you. Because when you when you're speaking out, in your school, to your school board, you and your father and your family, and you're standing up against men who are really a bunch of perverts in your locker room, in your bathroom, because they, listen, they want to have sex with you. That's why they're in there. It, that's real. They're, it's not, they're not saying, oh, I identify as a woman and I'm only attracted to men. That is a lie. These are sexual predators. They're sexual predators. There are statistically almost zero incidents of the kind that they would have you believe are rampant there. It just it just doesn't happen. OK, this my advice for you is your safety is number one. Ladies, your safety is number one. And, and that when you all join together and make that known and refuse to accept these. Uh, this is also disgusting, as I've said before. Do you really think that actual violent predators are going to be dissuaded by the gender sign on the bathroom door? It's absurd and ridiculous. And of course, when then you go further and say, well, there must be hundreds or thousands or at least dozens of incidents where based on a falsely stated gender identity, someone hid out in a bathroom and then assault. You find out that it is essentially non-existent and it is all part of the story that they use to prop up this anti trends, anti trans paranoia that they are now obsessed with and that they are raising money around at the end of the day. We have a voicemail number. That number is two one nine two David P. Here's a smart caller. This caller thinks he may know the truth about the latest Trump indictment. Listen to this. Hi, David. I think this indictment of Trump on seven plus counts is just a distraction from Obamagate. I mean, there's still so many unanswered uh, questions uh, and, and there's such a mountain of evidence that right. proves it too. Like, why are people focusing on things like uh, sexual assault charges and uh, stealing classified documents when instead they could be focusing on Obamagate? Absolutely. Obamagate is the biggest crime of the century. I don't know of which century, maybe this one, maybe last one. It's never really clear. Obamagate is extraordinarily serious. I also don't know what it is. And clearly all of this stuff that's going on, you know, a, a jury finding Trump responsible for sexual assault and defamation of Eugene Carroll, 
a 37 count indictment involving pictures of classified documents around Trump's toilet like a fort. All of it is a trumped up, for lack of a better term, distraction from Obamagate, which they don't want you to know about. All right, let me put my brain back in on the bonus show today. The Supreme Court has unexpectedly upheld a provision prohibiting racial gerrymandering. Some are surprised by it. Unabomber Ted Kaczynski has died in prison reportedly by suicide at age 81. We will discuss the story and his legacy. We will also talk about the White House being accused of flag code violations because of their Pride Month display. This is getting so pathetic from these folks who have no issue putting the flag on a bandana that says MAGA and doing the exact same thing. Now, all of a sudden, they're concerned because of the pride flag. Okay, all of those stories and more will be on today's bonus show. The United States will be the first nation to land an astronaut on NARS. We are taking the bonus show to NARS and beyond. You can sign up at joinpacman.com. You can use the coupon code indicted again. That's right. Indicted again, a self-explanatory coupon code. Use it, save a bunch of money, get the bonus show. We will see you then.